If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Native Community Capital is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingISquared and on Facebook at NISquaredTeam to find out more. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the Five Star, Five Diamond Chef J-Man. And the only time he's a warrior is when he's playing Halo, Carl. (laughs) Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, Glad to be back here on the podcast. I know it's been one week since we've done this here. And so, um, again... I was taking a, a cultural sabbatical and J-Man was uh, off doing uh, what white people do for fun is uh, play in the, <laughs> play in the sun, play in the sun and try to get a tan. So, man, I, you know, I just got back from vacation and like today, I just got back from vacation today, actually a few hours ago, I just got back from vacation. And so uh, for those of you that do enjoy vacations, that you understand that it can be exhausting. And so I, I feel still feel the uh, the jet lag or whatever it is that gets you tired. So please excuse me if uh, I'm not as peppy and preppy today as uh, Carl is. <laughs> well, you know, w- one thing is that um, doing like cultural events, doing like a lot of these um things for Hopi society is like it it's therapy it's therapy for for a lot of us here on the reservation and i know that there are some you know other things that will be therapeutic like uh like what jamin was saying like you know going to going to uh, off to wonderland and uh you know finding finding the wizard of oz and i mean that's like therapeutic for some people and you know i mean like a lot of us are are very very uh uh, very, very social creatures in a way. So my weekend, my weekend actually was really good. I, I really enjoyed the weekend. So that was my therapy there. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you're getting some therapy because uh, I'd like to thank the listeners out there for having patience with us because, and it's, I, I was thinking about it because you and I talked about it long time ago when we first started the podcast and we talked about scheduling and such and we thought that you know at some point culture is probably going to create a a pause for the podcast and so we agreed a long time ago that you know if either one of us got too busy with cultural related stuff Mm 
that, you know, we would take a pause from the podcast and allow ourselves to be able to enjoy that. And so last year, nothing really went on. So, you know, we, we, we were able to go through the podcast on schedule without any types of uh, pauses or blips or anything like that. But this year, your village, Hotvela, is one of the only villages really to not have taken uh, a yield to, to COVID or to not have paused anything as a result of the pandemic. And so you've been able to partake in, but unfortunately, you know, and for a lot of folks that do know that a lot of the other villages out here have yielded and, you know, paused a lot of things. And so uh, for, for somebody like you to be able to participate is a pretty big thing. And, you know, I look forward to being able to participate again, whenever that may be. And, you know, for a lot of the other folks from different villages who aren't doing things, I'll probably have the, also the same wishes to be able to, to participate. But before we get to the gist of our topic today, there are some shout outs that I'd like to give some special thank yous, some troopers, some real warriors, some real financial warriors of the podcast. Of course, that's in reference to our last episode, which was two weeks ago. Thanks to culture, we had to take a pause, but I'd like to give some shout outs. I'd like to give some shout outs to our 30 pack circle of givers. I'd like to give a shout out to Alexis Kahi, Michelle Holden, Michaela Williams, Terry Hanani, Troy Lamavaya, Marie Nachi, Deidre Leslie, Aaron McEmris, Donovan Goldtooth, Dion Sania, our boy Millard Gawanyama, Gary Lamayasva, and my good friend Mikel. Lars Lair, and I hope that I said that correctly because thanks to you all that we have been able to expand and grow and to develop a lot for the podcast and thanks to the continued income that we got some uh, big plans in the future. And so uh, we'll try to make all of that come into fruition. But, you know, and we've mentioned this numerous times that, you know, it's difficult for us to get a lot of these things off the ground because we're busy. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're we're busy all the time, and you know I think that that's gonna be a, a segue into our um to the to the meat of this episode. But they're they're in, in continuing with our trend that we've been doing most recently and talking about contemporary contemporary topics or talking about um basically that contemporary like i said that i'm on a jet lag so my brain is jet lagged <laughs> at the moment well, well before we before we continue with on with our topic i would like to do a shout out as well too so okay it, go for it you know uh, you know we 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 have this thing what is called the uh the cj podcast cares initiative and Along the lines like this, and I know that uh, I, I think this month is like women's month or like uh, the empowering women and whatnot. And, and what, we, what we do is that we do care for a lot of different things. It's like we care for humans, we care for the environment, we care for animals. And I met this one lady um, on Facebook and her daughter is an autistic uh, um, person. And, you know, she draws these really beautiful drawings um, of animals and whatnot. And so she was trying to raise uh, money to buy uh, shelter animals, like, um, like newer, uh, like blankets and whatnot. And I said that I'll jump on that opportunity to maybe like, you know, maybe give her a small donation 
and just to just to get our name out there with her and just to make sure make make it so that we we do care from our podcast to all of you guys and so you know the the person that that drew that uh, a beautiful, beautiful drawing. And I'll, I'll, I'll put it, I'll link it on Facebook. I'll put it on Facebook. I'll put it on Instagram and stuff like that. And um, her name is Haley Fisher. So I like to shout out to Haley Fisher for drawing uh, these beautiful drawings that of animals of just renditions of uh, animals here. And, and she's doing a great cause for, um, for, you know, our four-legged uh, uh, brethren, I guess you could say. And I, I, I took that I took that opportunity to you know just say that hey we we care too you know care care for all the creatures in the world and that's pretty much how Hopi prayer works as well too so uh, shout out to Janelle Fisher shouts out to Janelle Fisher and thank you for that Carl and keeping up consecutively with our Carl and J Man Cares initiative because we do care and we want to support. All the folks out there in Hopi land and in Indian country that are doing some worthwhile things to boost up the community. But, you know, going back to the topical issue that I wanted to bring up for this episode is that a couple of weeks ago, I, I was, as Carl likes to call it, on vacation. Although, you know, I, I do try to educate him on the difference between uh, work-related <laughs> trips, business trips versus vacations but to him anytime that i leave the 86045 he thinks it's a vacation but i was down there at the herd museum for their annual indian show and uh you know because for most hopis that you know we talked about this in a previous episode i believe it was our indian market tour episode way back in season three or season four but tremendous lots lots and lots of hopi artists very very good hopi artists out there and so you see them pretty consistently at many of these different markets and at many of these different shows and so i was there to promote my organization and to uh, do some business and i got the opportunity to walk around to check out all the different artists and i got to see what some of their work was what their work was a lot of beautiful art pieces all the way from paintings to drawings to sculptures pottery textiles jewelry everything across the board in the art world i suppose but it was interesting because you know whole piece as far as art goes is that one of the dominant imagery that you see in hopi art is uh katina Mm -hmm. which is our spirit being friends that we've mentioned before in previous episodes. And it was interesting for me to see, I know I'm probably late to the party, but I saw a lot of non-Hopi artists using Hopi Katinam in their art. Hmm. And it was kind of weird to me because I guess, you know, like for, for somebody that's not really familiar that, you know, I guess... For the most part, Hopis were kind of uh, stingy, I guess, with our symbolisms. We're stingy with with what we consider to be in the domain of Hopi. And so for other non-Hopi artists who are native to utilize Hopi imagery, to us, that's kind of like uh, we see that as a negative. And for when I saw that, because clearly, you know, like, like you have the little signs at a lot of those art stands and it says the name of the artist and it says the tribe that they belong to and that of course a lot of these artists that were starting to use Hopi to use uh, Hopi Katsinam in their art of course they were Navajos and I think that Hopis have had this long 
long-standing issue, I guess, with our neighbors, the Navajo, and how they began to, I guess, adopt practices within the art world as far as our culture goes. Because, you know, Navajo kachina dolls is a thing, but yet kachinam isn't a part of their culture. And, and so, you know, we see it, I guess, as this intrusion into our what we think belongs to us. And so it got me into this real deep thinking about, you know, because I guess overall, you know, it's, it's uh, cultural appropriation, I guess, is the term. But then, you know, the type of person that I am, it's that, you know, I, I, I'll never throw, I'll never shoot arrows out into the world without thinking about myself first. And so thinking about cultural appropriation, of course, it's being done out there on our culture. But Hopis, ourselves, we're also guilty of this too. That we do culturally appropriate items or symbols or practices from other tribes and incorporate it into our world of Hopi. And, you know, the tribes that we, at least in recent times, have been mostly culturally appropriating is, I, I, I don't know if it's the Plains Indians, but whoever is in charge of the powwow scene, <laughs> is basically, you know, a lot of that is starting to make it into our traditional dances in our villages, in our Gisonbis. And then the other tribes are the Pueblo tribes that we begin to incorporate a lot of what it is that they do, even though we're very, very similar. But there we've come to a point where we're starting to literally take what it is that they do. For example, Wokomosairu that we've talked about that in the first episode of this season. The Pueblo Buffalo Dance is something that we've taken from them and take, brought it into our villages. And then another thing that we've taken from the Pueblos and brought it into our villages is this idea of the Santa Domingo Butterfly Dance because our friends at Santa Domingo or Okeowinge, I guess is what they refer to themselves as now have a, a special dance that they call the, the the corn dance, green corn dance. And we've begun to mimic that dance to the exact T and start to perform that in our villages. And I know they take offense to it because we've had their leaders come to my village down to Munkapi and ask us, ask us to not do that dance in our village because it means something to them. Why they only came to Munkapi and not to all the other Hopi villages that are doing this dance is, <laughs> well, is a question to, to be well, asked. You, you, know, the, you know, the reason why is because uh, they thought that you guys were Dasavas down there. That's why. So. <laughs> <laughs> all Munkapis so, are Dasavas. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, but, but I guess, you know, this idea of cultural appropriation, because then it really, it does make you think, you know, like, like is it wrong, I guess, to borrow from each other? Because then one could make the argument that, you know, we've been culturally appropriating for since time immemorial, to use one of your favorite phrases. Because, <laughs> you know, because one could make the argument that the reason why there's a ceremonial cycle in Walpi, the reason why there's a ceremonial cycle in Sangopavi, and even to an extent why there's a ceremonial cycle Hisat in Oraivi, is because that was borrowed from one another. That Walpis and Sangopavis culturally appropriated some of the ceremonies that were happening in Oraivi, Hisat, 
to make their own ceremonial cycle and then possibly vice versa to where Oraivi was taking things from Songopavi and from Walpi to make their own ceremonial cycle. And so it kind of, it, it's this, it's almost like an issue that is it really an issue or is it not an issue? At what point does it become an issue? And at what, where does it end, I guess? And so, you know, that was kind of this big thought process that I had as I was walking through the herd, seeing uh, some of our Navajo friends making money off of our katinam. And I, 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 I almost thought, well, you know, if you guys are making money for culture, why don't you guys consider donating to some of the Hopi organizations? You know, um, my, my thinking is that, you know, because we, we've been doing a lot of that. We've been, we've been taking um, like symbolism and like all of these different cultural uh, type of, you know, little bits and pieces from a lot of these uh, Pueblo tribes, a lot of these plain tribes. And it, I don't think it's supposed to be where it's like, we're, we're trying to like, like be like cultural appropriation. I think it's like more, more or less like honoring how we see them as, as like, you know, as human beings. And, you know, cause uh, one thing is like, you know, cause we do have like um like you know, a, a Navajo dance, a Navajo social dance, and we we do have that, and it's it's not to just like make fun of them; it's to honor honor like the you know those people out there, and to honor like the Apache dance, to honor like the uh, like the you know the big big buffalo dance and stuff like that. I don't I don't know. I don't think it's really like trying to steal the culture one way or another. I mean, I'm pretty sure there there are people out there trying to uh, capitalize on the whole idea of, of like um, Native Americans, but, or like Native American culture. But I think that, I, I, I think that we're just sort of like honoring that we all are one people pretty much, or like we're, we're supposed to be like this, this huge group of, of, of a family. And, you know, that's, that's why we kind of honor in that tradition there. So I, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's really cultural appropriation or just just something that maybe somebody just kind of made up or something like that. So, yeah, you're 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 the kind of guy that as soon as you get a Navajo girlfriend, then you'd be giving away all the secrets. And, well, you know, you're, 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 you're that type of guy. <laughs> you know, I'm planning on getting a black girlfriend so I can steal all the <laughs> the okra recipes and the soul food. I want to learn how to make mac and cheese in the traditional way. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, I guess the reason why I think about it so much is, and, you know, I, I've, I believe that I've said this before on this podcast, that when you look at the whole of all indigenous people, at least in the United States, all American Indians, indigenous peoples, whatever it is that you want to call us, that there's all these messages that are pretty consistent, but usually they're all directed towards white people. Especially when you talk about things like cultural appropriation, like you think of Pendleton. Pendleton is this huge company that is a non-indigenous company, but yet everything that they sell sell is indigenously inspired. Or you, and so you know that's a form of cultural appropriation that we com- we try to combat against as a whole. And most recently, you have this phrase that you hear quite often: "Land back." Hashtag land back. And so, you know, that's in reference to 
basically the white people giving all the land back to the Indians. But then yet, you know, within our house, I guess, our quote unquote house of Indian country, that even though we're talking about ending cultural appropriation or we're talking about land back, yet we're doing all this stuff to each other. Like we're culturally appropriate. I mean, I, I consider it cultural appropriation, although you may not in your explanation, but I do. And, you know, others might feel the same way. But then even with land back as well, that, you know, not not to uh, piss people off, but, you know, there's a certain tribe, r- really big tribe. But in order for this tribe to have their reservation, to have their reservation established that they did um, displace other Indian tribes and took heritage lands from many other tribes and so you know you do have this one large tribe that as a result of the reservation being created that it took away from some of us that it took away and completely took away from certain tribes uh primarily the the Paiute, the Paiute tribes the Paiutes. and and so you know it's kind of an interesting thing that you know we have this large message that's directed towards the colonizers but yet you know some of these things that we're trying to fight the colonizers we're doing it to ourselves internally and so you know i i kind of it's just something that you know i think about as far as you know how we carry ourselves and in a way a lot of ways we don't look at ourselves we don't look at the face in the mirror in terms of are we doing this ourselves which we clearly are we are we're culturally appropriating we're also you know fighting for land with each other so. you you must be an urban uh hopi to think of all of these different problems and not living on the reservation like i am so like we don't I, i'm a I'm a smart Hopi that thinks and you're a Hopi that's satisfied with commodity cheese and thinks that going on vacation is a bad thing so you know, the difference you, between I mean, you and i So you know, like there's there's a difference between living content and living happy. So I'm 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 pretty much living both of in both worlds. So pretty much, so I, I'm living in content with myself and and living happily every year of the reservation. You know, I you well, know, like like you know, like what I said before. I was like, you know, I don't I don't see it as a cultural appropriation. I I, I don't see it. I'm pretty sure there. There is some sort of thing like that, like like take for example, like the um, like the what was it, the Redskins or like the uh, Whites or whatever was it, Redskins? Yeah, Washington the, the Redskins. White, the White Sox. The what? No, not the White Sox. The Redskins. You know, like the that, Red Sox. That, <laughs> the Washington Redskins. The and Blackhawks. <laughs> try saying that five times fast. Blackhawks. <laughs> Justin likes Blackhawks. <laughs> so if you're done, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm not done yet. So, you know, like like the whole idea behind like that is it doesn't really concern us people here on the reservation. Uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't really concern us like how like our land, whatever the land back is or like, you know, cultural appropriation. If it doesn't if it doesn't uh, interfere with our our ceremonies or if it doesn't interfere with our way of life here on the reservation, then we really, really don't care about it. We really don't care about like the different the differences on how like um, we're we're doing things like that. Of course, there are probably people out there that are like, you know, probably saying uh, on the, you know, listening to this are probably saying like, you know, Carl doesn't even know what he's talking about. We're like, you know, Carl's I'm just- thinking that I'm thinking that right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you you're, know, like you're, you're, 
You're you're the Indian that uh, gave the the whole of the land away to the U.S. government for five cents, thinking that it was a good thing. So, if if they gave me commodity cheese in uh, you know in a bucket, yeah, I I sell out the land pretty quickly. So, <laughs> you know how good commodity cheese is. <laughs> you you must not be a real Indian to know what real commodity cheese. Tastes like so, <laughs> <laughs> but but again, I mean, I'm pretty sure that there is something that that's along the lines like that. But I'm, you know, coming from the reservation, nobody really cares for that. Nobody cares for anything that's like that. Like we were talking one when, when we were just talking, and the, uh, the Kiva guys and all of us were just kind of just talking amongst ourselves. Is that you know, there's we're happy here, you know. We're all highlight here on the reservation, and you know we have a dance that's going on. We have people getting all the treats, oranges, you know, cookies, speaky, whatnot, and you know we're all highlight to see each other. And then you have on the other side of the world, you have people that are dying and refugees and trying to live for another day and stuff like that. And we don't really care. We just didn't care for the world at that one point. So. <laughs> That's that's basically how Hopi works is that we don't care for anybody else except us. And that's just that's how that's how it works. It's always worked like that. As Carl contradicts himself, which is uh, like he said before, a real Hopi trait, because technically we're supposed to be concerned with all the people of the world and all living things of the universe. But yet. As he says that we're here on the reservation only concerned with ourselves. But something that you said basically kind of segues into what the main part of the episode is. And, you know, because you and I, we talked a little bit about it, that, you know, our, our mental well-being oh, yeah. is something that is very important. And, you know, a word that you said, you know, halai, which means happy in our language. Are you happy, Carl? Or are you happy? That is a very hard thing to answer. Am I happy? Am um, are are any of us really happy? I mean, like we <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into this philosophy of of things like that. It's like, are we are we truly happy with ourselves and how we do things? Like uh, like the ceremonies. Like we have. There's always going to be somebody that's complaining. Like every ceremony that we have. There's always going to be that one person that will complain like, you know, oh, you know, this is doing it way too big. Or, you know, like, you know how many katinas that came? 335 katinas that came. And, you know, you're, you know, there's always that complainer saying that it's it's too big or it's like it's too small or it's like not enough. And it's like it, it just, the, you know, the list goes on and on. And it's like the the happiness of, about it is that it's not supposed to be about yourself it's not simple you're not supposed to see what what um you know like what you feel and stuff like that it's supposed to be what what others are experiencing what the songs represent what the what how how life is supposed to be represented in a way when we do ceremonies like that and so being happy is just like a concept of like being like being like uh like you know oh being satisfied of of something like that and it's it's like I like what I was saying before is like uh, we were all hot like like you know this past weekend, and it's because that we we haven't done this in about three years, and so we became hot again. We we became like whole again, 
but it wasn't it wasn't enough for some people because you know they were still complaining about like the the covid or like the numbers like you know oh we're probably not gonna get sick you know and you know being a downer and stuff like that and so that's that's part of like being like happy i guess you could say and with myself i mean myself i say i'm i'm kind of happy i'm okay happy <laughs> I mean, my my mental health could be a little bit better. You know, my my well being should be a little bit better. I mean, because we're all we're all striving to be happy. Like, even though we、mm-hmm. we think we're happy, but we're we're not. We're not happy. So, I mean, to answer your question with that all that long explanation,、uh, you know, yeah, I'm somewhat happy. I'm like, you know, I'm not. Fully happy, but I'm, I'm enough happy to where it's like I can live another day. You know, it's not you like you don't sound too confident there with your answer. <laughs> well, that's because、uh, I live on the reservation, and there's nothing else that's out here. That's why I say. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I guess you know because one of the things that I've been thinking about as far as the topic was difficult to kind of integrate it in with what we've talked about so far. Is just you know kind of this idea. Of how we're raised to be mentally, I guess, because then, like that, you know, the ultimate goal is to be happy. But what t- what the obstacle is is stress. The、mm-hmm. obstacles are, you know, all around us as far as that stress, and we're stressed out by many different things. And especially for people like us, like we're we're legit res people. We live、mm-hmm. on the reservation, and so you know, there's a different type of living out here. There are different types of things to stress out about out here,、um, and you know. But for for you and I, you know, we're we're kind of fortunate because you know we're younger. We're in our mid thirties, but yet we both have occupations. We both work. We both make a decent income. We're college educated, and yet, you know, you have a lot of folks who aren't college educated, or you don't have a lot of people out there that do have jobs. I think the unemployment on the reservation is around seventy percent, and that there are a lot of people out there that are working, but yet they're what they call self-employed. And so, a lot of those folks are the artists that sell their dolls, or the artists that sell different things, sticker sellers,、uh, food sell- food sellers. You have all these different people trying to find different ways to hustle to make a dollar. And as we've talked about many a times, is that we've kind of handed in our kae, our corn for siva, and so we've exchanged what our what the basis of our economy used to be. He said. Because back then we've talked about how corn used to be the the currency, that the corn little Hopi worlds it's the dollar, and so if you don't have the dollars, you can't buy your kids things on their birthday. You can't buy things for Christmas. You can't go down to Flagstaff to do your shopping or take that occasional trip to Phoenix to go swim or do other things. Buy our food, which is what we do now primarily, and you know I I think that Hopi is such an interesting society in the way that we've developed these societal obligations because we've completely adopted the white man's idea of what societal obligations are working, making money. 
uh, pushing our younger children to go get a college education or to a vocational school so that they can develop the occupational skill sets to make money. And yet we still hold on to our old Hopi ideas of responsibility, working in the cornfield, planting your corn, making sure that you're providing corn for your mother if you're not married or for your wife if you're married, participating in our dances if you have a family, things of that nature for the women being involved with all the different annual events that are constantly going on, baby namings, marriages, the dances, etc. And we've talked about this to a degree of how it kind of creates additional weight for us to carry. But I don't think we've ever really talked about how that affects our mental well-being. Because, for example, like, like you know, I and you and I, you know, we're, we're kind of different. And so we kind of approach this from different experiences because myself, I lived off the reservation for over 10 years. I moved away from the reservation right after high school. I never came back until 2017. And so I fully assimilated into the white man's way of life. Rarely came home to help with planting. Uh, once in a while would participate in the dances, but not consistently. And then having to move back because I ended up with a Hopi, had Hopi children, and then to fulfill the fulfill my role as a Hopi man by having to become a farmer, having to become a part, a regular participant in the ceremonies, and especially being with somebody from a div different village, learning how to navigate that village and what their societal norms are. And, you know, I feel like that that's kind of taken a toll on my mental well-being and because, you know, I guess one of the biggest obligations for a Hopi man is to be a successful farmer. But as we've said many of times, we're in a drought. And to have a successful yield, that really hasn't happened for me yet. I mean, you know, we've had summers where we've gotten corn. We've gotten, a, a, I guess, a somewhat good amount of corn, but not to... Not something that you're bragging to your buddies about. Oh, I got this much corn, you know, and it, it does take a toll on you. Because then, you know, in your mind, you're thinking that, oh, it's my obligation to make sure that my wife has this corn for what she needs to do with it. But yet, because of how poor the rains have been, I haven't been able to do that. Yeah. Before we go on, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for our paid sponsors. Koan Vioma Law PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Vern Koan Vioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Koan Vioma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. 
Terraform Development is a Navajo and Hopi-owned engineering, architectural, and project management firm located in northern Arizona. The company has full-time staff and comprises of Navajo and Hopi employees. Terraform services include civil engineering, residential design, drone mapping, and project management on projects for your need. Terraform is a Priority One Navajo Certified Business and Hopi Business License Certified. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A, the number 4-O-R-M.com, and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. And we're back. And so that's kind of some of the stress that I feel because then, you know, we've talked about what farming is out here in some of our episodes but then we don't really tell, talk about like the, the toll it takes on you. Mm. Because then, you know, there, there have been summers since I've been home where the corn actually grew pretty well. And I don't know what it is as far as how the drought has changed the patterns of the animals that live with us. But there have been more crows, a lot more crows to the point to where they're eating everything in the field. And then you have the older men saying that, you know, there was always crows, but it was never this bad. And then so you kind of wonder, well, what's the difference? What's the difference between now and back in their day? Like, why, why is it harder to be a Hopi now for me when I'm trying to do this for my family as opposed to other people? And it, it, it stresses you out and it, it doesn't it's not a good feeling. We had one crop. I want to say about three years ago where the crows just completely ate up the whole field and it, it pissed me off and it made me not want to do it the next summer. It said, you know, I had this thought for a second, like, you know, why waste all these seeds if the crows are just going to eat it and I'm not even going to get anything from it. <laughs> but then, you know, time passes, you start to feel better about it again. And then come springtime, you're putting your seed back into the ground. You, you must be a, an urban Hopi for you to uh, lose your crop to the crows because uh, uh, I take good care of my field because uh, I'm always there every day. So I don't know about you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a real res Hopi, but so I, yeah, I think that fits you. So. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, uh, I know how what to do with my <laughs> seeds. So I don't, I don't know about what you're doing with your seeds. According to many uh, sources, that the only planting that you do is on the digital game that was once <laughs> created by uh, MySpace or a, Facebook. No, I, I have a game called Fil- uh, Farm Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> that's my uh, that's my thing. That's my goal. I have uh, I have forty acres of corn already, <laughs> all digital. <laughs> but then our. I don't know if you have anything to add. Well, you know, the, the whole idea of mental health is, is, is very, very strange to us Hopis because when, when we, when, you know, like long time ago, there was really hardly any stressful times. Like, you know, where we were content, like I was saying, like there's a difference between content and happy. And long time ago, we were content and happy because everything was provided for us through mother nature. You know, we grew our own food. We went to go hunt. We made our own clothes. We did everything inside of the village, not thinking of going outwards. Like, you know, our children didn't care for like schools or didn't care 
care for like uh, Facebook or Minecraft or anything like that in like today's society. And back then it was, it was, I guess it was more of, of, of a content kind of way of living. And when moving into like the 19th century versus like the 21st century, then a lot of the kids, a lot of like the youngsters wanted to experience like all the white man's stuff you know they they want to have like uh presents now like on on certain days or like you know they want to they want to have toys they want to have all of these things and 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 the thing too what really stresses out like children nowadays and it's it's not because of like school it's not because of like the culture but it's because they're pressured into going into like a bahana society where it's like you have to get your degree you have to get your you have to graduate high school you have to or you're a loser yeah you have to make sure that you're knowledgeable enough to to where you're you're gonna be surviving out in the real world and then what we don't do is that we don't pressure our youngsters to be more hopey like you know there's not a way where we can say that <laughs> you have to learn how to speak your language you have to know your your culture you have nobody says that anymore it's always like the we opposite. pressure each other more to be white than yeah hopey. exactly and that's what that's what identity crisis comes in and that's when we become <laughs> stressful on like who am i really you know like why did i go to a four year college only to come back to the reservation and not use anything like that and so that's that's that creates all of this animosity towards like the white white man and it creates all of this animosity towards like uh the culture and and oh man it it just it blows up it it pretty much just blows up everything so it, it, you know it's a very very stressful time that we do live in when, when you're talking about the youngsters, I thought that you're going to speak something to, I guess, like like how 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 we live live digitally, I guess, which is is what something that's different now than even when you and I were growing up, because like we're we're online all the time, and whether that's being on Facebook, checking the timeline during your daily number twos or you know checking out twitter or i mean like i feel old because i know that facebook is for old people oh yeah and i i think that twitter is for old people and then like the the kids they're into things like tiktok or i think snapchat or other types of platforms that i don't even know what they exist and then i for the first well i i watched like 10 minutes of it but i was watching the first episode of that hbo show euphoria a lot of people have been trying to get me to watch that, but I guess it's basically about teens and, you know, drugs and sex and all these other things. And, you know, because we've talked about it in, in different ways throughout several of the episodes of how the stress of what social media, how negatively it could affect your life. And, you know, I, I do think that social media does play a role in our stress that it does play a role in opening up additional doorways for negativity to come in because back when we were kids growing up and i know you love to hear about the 90s is that when you heard the old ladies gossip it was mostly about things that they had physically heard or physically seen about people in the village but now in 2022 that when you're at soul's house down in the village they're talking about what they saw on facebook they're talking about 
what they saw online. And so, you know, that's kind of a difference as far as how our lives are now and how, I guess, some of the pitfalls that are out there. Because, you know, like, I, I don't, I guess as far as social media goes, like, I don't really, I, I try not to interact a whole lot. Like, I do post, I do share photos, but for the most part, when people make comments on them, I, I hardly ever respond. Or especially when people respond negatively, negatively I, I for sure don't respond. And, you know, I don't know if that... I always think that when someone's negative towards you, they always say, I was just kidding or I was just teasing. I never believe that. I think that when people respond negatively towards you, that their intention is that, that they want to hurt you, whether that's intentionally or deep down inside subliminally, I guess, or whatever that, you know, that that's what their intentions are. But that is what I believe that when someone is negative towards you, that that's their intent. But, you know, that, that's go ahead. You, you must be uh, an urban uh, Hopi because um, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I you know all the all the old ladies here at Hodbella they don't they don't know what Facebook is uh, they're they're the Facebook they're the Facebook queens <laughs> out here so they're the ones who's creating the gossip you know that <laughs> so I never seen a, a soul you know I saw this as like always like. I hear this, so and then, you know, you know, they, I mean, you probably you you probably are like a real urban Hopi to witness all of these. Different you, things, so. you must be a Hopi that has his head up his ass and you know doesn't understand what's actually going out in the real world. But that would be actually <laughs> fitting because there are a lot of people like you in our villages that go about <laughs> halai around without understanding what some of the actual issues are and that's why we're in the state that we're in right now well you, somebody, you have... somebody like you was told three years ago that the coal mine was gonna shut down and told you that you needed to do something about it but then people like you that said oh it's not gonna affect us now and so we'll take care of it when we take care of it you know you must be a real urban Hopi. <laughs> <laughs> but to, you know, because, you know, we're almost pressed for time and everything like that. And I, I'm pretty sure that we're, we're like miles apart from finishing this episode. And I'm pretty sure that this would be a, a two-parter, but to, you know, like uh, to comment on like how, how we as, as Hopis now is that, yes, we are very, very stressed out on like the real world or like the world outside uh, of Hopi and stuff like that. And like, you know, when, when we were, when this pandemic that happened, and this is actually a true thing is like when this pandemic happened, nobody cared for it. Like, you know, Hopis didn't really care for it. Yes, the CDC was telling us like um, mask up, take six feet apart, what whatnot, and do all of these different things like that. And of course, you know, we didn't really do it. You know, we were still gathering, we were still partying, we're still partying like it's uh, 2017. You know, we're, we're still doing those different things like that, and we didn't care. But when when people started dying from that COVID, when people started getting sick from it, that's when we found out that this is going to be a stressful time for us. And and a lot of that happened because it was. It was like, you know, it was just, it was just all out there. Everything just came out. And then we started to get stressful about that. And then created this whole idea of like, 
man, this is very, very stressful of living, living basically two lives, like living the Bahana way and living like the Hopi way or trying to do the Hopi traditions like that. And so it was, it, it became stressful times for us. And now that COVID is kind of dwindling down, now another stress came up was like with the war, war, you know, like what if the war comes to like the Hopi lands, but yet we, we try not to, uh, you know, bother ourselves with that. Like I was saying before, like, you know, we're all highlight here because we just try not to think about like the, the real world itself. And, and, and that's basically what I, I, I try not to do in that sense is try not to create more uh, like, like more stress for myself or more more panic uh, than there uh -huh. already is in, in the world today. So, the, you know, coming from like the urban side, I'm pretty sure like, yeah, we, we should be we should be doing these different things for like other people. But yet we're we're still happy here. We want to be happy. And that's all what we're striving for is hope he wants to be happy. So. And, and as uh, for, for those of you that haven't figured it out with our all over the place conversation that the core of this episode is are we happy and if we're not what is stressing us out and so we talked about what has been stressing us out but you know and unfortunately you know like you said that this is probably a two-parter because then you know we haven't really given any suggestions as to how we de-stress ourselves and you know one thing that i wanted to talk about before at least for this episode is that you know i wanted to talk about this idea or this concept of how we're raised because you know as, as a mid 30 year old person living in the 2022s that you know and I, i'm pr pretty certain that you're probably raised similar is that growing up within a hopi community that you know it, it was really that old school attitude of you know if you're going through mental issues the, that the solution is to tough it out, to to man up, and to you know be to not let it bother you. Because as a Hopi man, or as a Hopi male, even you know in adolescence, that you still had a responsibility. That the responsibility of your family never goes away, no matter what you're going through, no matter what type of depression you may be experiencing, no matter what type of anxiety you may be going through no matter what type of other types of stresses that you're enduring. And it's difficult for me today because now you hear the a different type of narrative being pushed by, I, I guess, you know, the, the urban side, <laughs> the, the pushed by the urban Indians is that, you know, they talk about this concept of taking care of yourself mentally, taking care of your mental health and whether that's seeking professional help going to a counselor or going to see group counseling, group therapy, or whatever other therapy that may be out there as far as mental health goes. But growing up with this old school upbringing that you tough things out and that with this contemporary society becoming more PC, politically correct, that I feel like I'm unbalanced, I guess, in a way, because I'm trying to appease the PC culture. I'm trying to appease the, um, what, what this new wave of thinking is. Because, I mean, I do believe in this idea of taking care of yourself. But then I also do believe in that when you 
try to create a society that is constantly um, constantly trying to make room for everybody. And I know this is going to probably sound ignorant of me saying this, but it tends we, we tend to become a culture of coddling. Like we're constantly coddling each other. We're constantly, in a way, babying each other to where we're not tough anymore or we're not learning how to become tough. And I say that because I think about experiences that I have, particularly when I was working in the food industry, that, you know, when I learned how to cook, that nobody ever said, take your time, you'll get it, you'll get it at some point, just keep working at it, you're, you're going to get better. I didn't receive that type of encouragement. My encouragement was an angry chef yelling at my yelling at me telling me to shape up or ship out and that's how I pushed myself to get better and that's how I got better but you know I'm sure that there's a whole dynamic behind that as far as the effects of that type of therapy and so it, it's I and, and I guess even for the older generation too it's a difficult thing for them to understand or to go through as well because they receive that same type of upbringing that their fathers, their uncles, any type of male relative was very hard, harsh and tough on them. And so that's how that they learned to be. And so they treated us that way as children. And so, but now, you know what I mean? Like it's considered to be child abuse, to spank your child. That even certain ways of speaking to your child is considered child abuse but then yet, you know, in my head, I think that, well, that's why there's so many shit kids running around because there's a lot of people out there that deserve to get their ass kicked and they've never gotten it because they've grown up in this coddled society believing that they deserve certain things. And as a person living in the way that I was raised is that I was taught that you earn that this idea of earning something is how you were supposed to go about living life. And so, you know, that that's, an, so I guess, you know, an additional theme to today's episode is really how our minds have adjusted to being colonized, to living in this state of, are we trying to be Hopi or are we trying to be Bahana? Exactly. You know, I'm, like I said before, we're probably going to take this into a two-part episode because, yeah, mental health is is something that we just don't, uh, acknowledge here on the Hopi reservation because like, it's not physical. It's not physical enough for us. Like, you know, like what we said before in our past episodes is like, you know, um, if we see like blood coming out from our arms or somewhere else, you know, then it's time for us to go to the hospital. But other than that, you know, like mental health is nothing that we should be concerned about because it's, uh, it's all in our minds and, you know, we should just man up and just, you know, just take it, take it as is and, and stuff like that. And, and so like, that's like one of the biggest issues here on the reservation is mental health. And without that, it's, it's like without like, you know, without acknowledging it or without like, um, what am I trying to say? Like uh, helping yourself with it, like trying to, uh, you know, acknowledge that you need help with mental health issues. Then it just becomes this huge issue that we just keep on putting on the back burner. So again, like, you know, um, and I, I think the other big thing, too, is being males. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seeking this help because our entire lives we were told to man up. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. 
this thought of seeking professional help, it's uh, it seems weak for us to do that. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, you know, I'm pretty sure that next week we'll probably talk about this again, and this will be a two-parter episode. So I I, I do like will this it? episode. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it will. I thought I was in charge of developing the episodes. You know, you must be a, an urban hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if I'm, you got, I'm, I'm gonna have to come up with the juxtapose to that, but I, I don't know what that will be. I'll introduce it in the next episode. You must be a Hopi. You must be a Res Hopi with your head in the ground, because then you're seeing all these problems look you right at the face, and you refuse to acknowledge it. So. All right. Well, if you I, have- I blame people like you, Carl, by the way. For all the problems that we're enduring, everything that's going on wrong on the reservation, all of the culture decline, all of the language loss, all of our identity crisis issues, this could have been solved years ago. But people like you, no, I'm just kidding. Well, as long as I'm highlight, then I don't really care. So. <laughs> All right. If you got this far in the episode, I congratulate you because, yeah, this is a, you know, it's a pretty long episode. So if you want to donate something, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become our monthly donator. It's only $4.99 or $9.99 a month. Or if you just want to donate a dollar or more, go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast to donate a dollar or more. And if you are not following us on our social medias, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Carl and J-Man. If you are listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button and press subscribe. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to give us a five-star review. That really helps us out. And also, too, if you're listening to this on any other platform aside from Spotify, once you go re-listen to us again on Spotify because uh, Spotify does provide us with a little bit of a coin here and there. So uh, I guess that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World Podcast. My name is Carl and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long. Quack, quack.